This morning I'm gonna I'm gonna trust God with you as the Holy Spirit brings the reality of Christ to us this morning in a, in, a, in a, I hope with you in a new and fresh way. What I want to preach on this morning, the la- I remember the last time that I preached this, it was in the 90s. It was, uh, it was probably, I don't know, somewhere around 92, 93, 1992, 93, the last time that I actually studied this and, and, and uh, received so much from it back then. And I remember preaching and teaching it, and it was at a time when Many people from Baltimore came down to Florida and St. Pete. We came from Tampa over, and I remember sharing this, these truths, as I was given them by God, which, are, which of course, are all of ours. But this is Numbers, the 10th chapter. I want to speak this morning about the silver trumpets and where we are <laughs> And again, this will go, I'm not going to go into it so much this morning with Second uh, Peter 1, 19. And I'm just going to read that, but then I'm going to go back to Numbers, the 10th chapter. And so in Second Peter, one, in verse 19, it says, we, and this is the church, we also have a more certain word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of the scriptures no preaching or teaching no prophecy of the scriptures and the way that the word was given had anything to do with a private interpretation meaning it had nothing to do with the flesh Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. You see, it wasn't the will of man, apart from being submitted to Christ, but holy men, and that's what they experience, and that's what we experience when we, our will is submitted to Christ, who is, who is our truth, our positional truth. And then when we submit to him, he becomes that experiential truth, which is holiness. But holy men of God, notice their holiness was of God through Christ. And that goes into John 17, 17, because of John 17 and verse 19. Jesus set himself apart, but he did so to his Father and for us so that we might set ourselves apart in John 17 and 17. And B, as he said to Israel in Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, and 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, be you holy. For I am holy. So holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. What a place we are right now. In the history of the church right now. It's amazing. We shared recently on some messages of where the, the Jews are right now. And the attack that happened to them last Saturday. I believe it was October 6th in seventh around that time when they were celebrating rosh hashanah which would be the 10 days of them in repentance and we brought out the word teshuva and it means to turn and deal with uh, areas in the individual's life with god 
to lead them to that day of atonement, Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. And we know what that means for us as a church, but that's when that happened. And God has given us a lot of truth about that, about prophecy. And right where we are right now that we've gone into before, won't go into it this morning. I do believe it at some points that God will have us uh, to continue in it together. But here in Numbers, the 10th chapter in verse 1, again, this is the picture of Numbers. Now, Numbers, remember again in, in Romans 15 and verse 4, we learn by the things, we the church learn by the things that the Jews went through. We learn by them. That's why 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, we'll see it today in the two trumpets that are silver trumpets made of one piece. We'll see how this is true, that every word of God is spirit-breathed. It comes from God. It's inspired in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. The Old Covenant and the New Covenants, why we can glean from it and learn. And that again is 1 Corinthians 10. And you can see that, the rock. Verse 4, that is Christ, and that goes into Exodus 33 and verse 21, and the beautiful types. But that we learn in 1 Corinthians 10, 6 and 11, from the types. In other words, the things that they went through, and how God was leading them as the Jews and teaching them. But here, in Numbers, the 10th chapter, in the first verse, it says, The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Make you two trumpets of silver of a whole piece. This is very interesting. Will you make them? That you may use them. Notice this, for the calling of the assembly. This has to do with Hebrews 10 and verse 25. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Who are we? We're the ecclesia. We are the church. In other words, every opportunity that we have, that God has made available for us, in the grace and truth of his plan, we to make ourselves available to do it. To do it. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. But exalt one another and do it. Much more as you see the day approaching. That is what the, the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit was teaching these Hebrew Christians who were born again. They were in Christ, but they were going back to the law and, of course, back to the flesh. But he said, you, you, you need this. And we see this in 1 Peter 4 and verse 17. Chastisement begins in the house of God. You need to return. You need to turn. This is that Hebrew word, teshuva. Because of, and we can turn, and it's a constant turning for us. It's a constant cutting experientially of the flesh from the spirit, Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Because this is, this is our atonement or our reconciliation. Yom Kippur, Christ is our sacrifice. And what that means in propitiation, substitution, and reconciliation. So therefore, the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the what? The camps. You see, they're, they're tents. We'll see this all through Numbers. You see it in Exodus. You'll see it in those two places. They're tents. Their tents, they didn't have a, a fixed foundation in this earth. Christ was their foundation in the type in Matthew 16 and verse 18. The foundation for Israel will be the land that is theirs, that was given to them over 2,000 years ago. They will be fixed there. 
because Christ himself will be there, the foundation. Now they can be edified like they so deeply want to be at this particular time and can't be just yet. Many will receive Christ as their Savior. I have no doubt about that. Many will turn, and that's our prayer. For the calling of the assembly and the journeying of the camp. You see, they, they were a tent people. They didn't fix their foundation to this earth. They didn't. Matter of fact, what they had, the pins that, were, that they would tie the tent to were made of silver. They were redeemed from the earth. Everything about it. God put a difference between Egypt and Israel in Exodus 11 and verse 7. We see the difference again in 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. And we see the difference that he's making in us based upon our position in Christ in Hebrews 4 and verse 12, separating the soul from the spirit so that we can take the sword of the spirit and spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6 and verse 17 and not privately interpret the word of, the word of God to our, and make it something about ourselves. So here in Numbers 10 and verse 3, and when they will blow with them all the assembly will assemble themselves to you, to you, Moses, you're a type, but to you, the speaker, to you, the man that's attached to Christ, that's the gift in Ephesians 4, 8, that will preach and teach and be the trumpet blower in Ephesians 4, 11. The evangelists and the pastors and teachers, apostles and prophets having been ended, but still a finished work. They will assemble themselves to you at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, the elders, the leaders, the heads of, heads of thousands of Israel will gather themselves unto you. This is, this is men today, Christian men, that are initiators over many to be gathered, to hear the word, all of us together. In, in such a beautiful way. And they will gather themselves, the princes and the heads of thousands of Israel will gather themselves unto you. Well, who was Moses? He was a type of the work of Christ, his person manifested in and through him. He himself was not the type, but the work that God was doing in him was the type. He is the type Christ Jesus is the antitype, and this is, brings out the beauty of John 1 and verse 16. Grace is heaped up, anti upon grace. When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts will go forward. See, that's progress. The whole book of Numbers has to do with this. People that were let out of the bondage of Egypt for over 400 years, they're now in the wilderness, the world system. They're now there. And what was it that God told Moses when the people were at the Red Sea? After they were delivered, they were at the Red Sea. They began to murmur and be afraid in their tents. And the whole time, while they were in doubt and fear in their tents at night, God was gently blowing back the Red Sea, preparing the way of salvation. And we see the two things that bring that out. The Passover in Exodus 12, 1 to 13, and the Red Sea 
in, in uh, Exodus, the 14th chapter. And those two things bring out the reality of Christ dying for us. <laughs> Love for us in Romans 8, 31. In Psalm 56 and verse 9. They were to gather themselves and then blow an alarm when the camps that lie on the east should go forward. What did he tell Moses in Exodus 14, 13? He said, stand still. Do you have questions like I had this morning? Do you want to know? Are you more involved with the questions of what you think you should do? Or have you set the Lord in Psalm 16 and verse 8 before your face? Because if you do, you have joy. Joy comes from, from the grace of God that brings in his love where we can rest in him. You'll see this in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, and beautiful 14 verses, but even right down to the 16th verse in that chapter in Hebrews 4. They're to go forward. We're not to settle down on this earth. No, we have tents. We're, we, have his, we are his tabernacle right now. That's who we are. You know when it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 that we have this treasure in these fragile clay jars that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us? That's a type of Christ. The type of Christ, which was the tabernacle, on the outside didn't look like much. Didn't look like any different than anyone else that made their tents. Badger skins, all kinds of animal skins, but boy, inside was gorgeous. That's John 1 and verse 14. The Word was made flesh and, and He dwelt among us. There wasn't any beauty Him in Isaiah 53 and verse 2 that attracted us to Him, but we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father in John 1 18. He was filled up with all the grace and truth that God is and the manifestation and revelation of his love, bringing out his nature, which will be brought out for us for all eternity and will function in it in Ephesians 3 and verse 19 and in Revelations 2 and verse 17. Verse 6 of Numbers 10, When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side will take their journey. They will blow an alarm for their journeys. The alarm. What's the alarm today for the Christian? 1 John 2, verse 15. Stop loving the world. And the things of the world. If any man love the world, he hasn't heard the right sound of the trumpet. The love of God for him, that constantly draws us to go forward and not to backslide in the earth in this world system it's on its way to perishing see that in first john 2 15 to 17 but when in verse 7 of numbers 10 but when the congregation is to be gathered together you will blow but you will not sound an alarm it's not an alarm it's not time to fight now it's a time to hear and receive. James 4, 6 through 10. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 10. So that you can draw near in James 4, verse 8. Draw near to him. Because we're sheep. We can't cleanse ourselves, protect ourselves, guide ourselves, or feed ourselves. We come for that purpose. Oh, like Israel needs to do at this particular time. We see in 
Psalm, the 95th chapter, they are his sheep. Those are the ones that Jesus was talking about in John, the 10th chapter. They were the flock, but they rejected him. And now he's leading us out, Jew and Gentile right now, and still keeping the land that he gave to Israel. You can be sure of that. He's keeping that ready for Christ to come back in his millennial kingdom reign with scores of scriptures that bring that out. Well, you're not to sound the alarm. Verse 8, and the sons of Aaron, the priests, will blow with the trumpets. They will be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land, oh, if you go to war in your land, Israel, right now is there war in their land. Us, that we have all the promises of, of God, they're, they're uh, yea and amen in Christ in 2 Corinthians 1.20, where we have war, Ephesians 6.10 to 17. Where we have war, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 6. We can see it clearly in the types here. And God using what's going on in Israel to wake up the church in Ephesians 5, 13 and 14. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then you will blow an alarm with the trumpet, the trumpets. And you will be remembered before the Lord your God and he you will be saved from your enemies. We already are in Romans 8, 1 through 39. They will be ultimately when Christ comes back in Revelations 19, 11 to 16, and we come back with him and he sets up his kingdom on the earth in Revelations 20, 3 and 4. To deal with the last enemy, of course, and the last enemy is death in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Then, after establishing his kingdom for a thousand years with us, his millennial reign, Chileism, Chai, the Greek letter, we see very, very clearly there that us with Christ, heaven and earth will become one. You see it in Revelations 21, 1 to 4. Then Christ will, God himself, Christ, God in humanity with us, his church, will submit to God that God may be all in all. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 28. Oh my God, what, is, what kind of humility is that? Yeah, unbelievable. Verse 10, also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginning of your months, you will blow with the trumpets over what? Your burnt offerings. Oh boy, what are you going to teach? You're going to teach. Like the burnt offering in Leviticus, the first chapter, and in the 23rd chapter, the burnt offering is God the Son propitiating the Father who gave the Son to propitiate him in Genesis 22 and verse 8. You'll blow it over, the burnt offerings. That has to do with the sin question in John 1.29. Not paying for sins. Need to know the difference between the two lots in Leviticus, the 16th chapter. In those first 20 verses, specifically right up to 7 and through. It'll blow the trumpets over the, over the sacrifices. The burnt offering 
And understanding that now you have peace. Christ, the substitute, whereby we're reconciled because the Father's been propitiated. Now we have peace. He is our peace in Ephesians 2 verse 14. What does Israel want? Deeply these Jews that rejected in their ignorance and we still love them and pray for them and have tears with them and we fight for them in our prayer life. We pray for the peace of Israel in Psalm 122 and verse 6. But of course they won't have it until Christ comes back. And then they'll mourn and say, oh my God, in Revelations 1-7 and all the way through we'll see his precious people all the way to the 11th chapter when those 144,000 in the midst of the tribulation period will be preaching Christ, the Messiah and the Savior. And we'll see these things as we go through these scriptures. And so it's this over this what? The peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial, for something you to remember God, for before your God, I am the Lord your God. Now, understanding this, understanding this, and I'm just going to go into it this morning in just a preparatory way, a foundational way, because there's so much here. And I, like you and us together, we have to trust God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm doing that with you for him to take the things of Christ here in these types and show them unto us like only he can in John 16, 13, and 14. So these trumpets, they were silver trumpets. We need silver on this earth. We, there won't be any need for silver in heaven. It'd just be gold, gold. And precious stones. And you don't see silver when heaven has already been redeemed. This even goes into 1 John 1 7. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we experience the continual cleansing of our salvation, the blood of Christ. And then we have that fellowship based upon it in John, 1 John 1 1 3. These silver uh, trumpets here, they were called the sig signal. Trumpets or the very voice of God, what he was communicating. God himself appointed the time for them to leave, to go forward, or to stay, to sit by the movement, and we see this by the movement of the cloud of his presence. This goes into Exodus the 13th chapter and verses 20 to 21. So it was the cloud of his presence. Then when it was lifted, they would go, and then in the night, they'd have the fire of his holiness protecting them. Cloud, faith. Cloud, faith and dependence on him. You're going forward. You may not see it. You may want to know it when you think you need to know it. But have faith in God in Mark 11 and verse 22. Have faith in God. If you have it as a grain of a mustard seed in Matthew 17, 20. The 21. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea. It's just a speck, a little bit of faith. Oh, how he honors that. Doesn't he with us? Even our little feeble faith, he always honors it. He always knows what he's going to do in his anticipative love and his prevenient grace. And he treats us like that even before we get there because Christ is our life. We've been positioned in him. Now we're going to grow experientially. This is what this is teaching. 
but they also had these trumpet sounds, and that's what Paul is speaking about. The Holy Spirit threw him in 1 Corinthians 14, 6 to 11. The tunes, the t what is being piped, what is being communicated. And there are many voices in the world, and boy, you hear them today. There's only one voice, and that's the voice of our shepherd in John 10, 3, 14, and 27. One voice, as opposed to many voices. Well, they were needed for the ordering and conducting of the march on their way to their promised land. Our promised land is Christ. We are strangers and pilgrims here in 1 Peter 2.11. We're not settling down in this earth. We're, our plans are not settling down and making us a nice little comfortable nook in, in this area. On this, on, on, in this world system. Everything about us is going forward. Every single thing about us is going forward. Again, Exodus 14 and verse 15, when they were complaining against Moses, Moses went to God and said, what am I to do? And that's when God said, listen, listen to me. And this is what he says to us. I want you to hear my voice. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See it. See it. I will fight for you. Exodus 14, 13 and 14. 14, 14. I will fight for you. So Moses, here's what you're to do. Individual Christian, here's what you're to do. Go forward. Go forward. That's what the trumpet says. It's, it's continually sounding. Go forward. You know, the shofar, which would call them to uh, the Jews there to Rosh Hashanah, to bring them to what they thought that one day of the year would clear them of all their sins. And again, it's just a works program, the Yom Kippur. It was called the Shofar. It was a ram's horn. It's very interesting, the ram's horn. The ram's horn speaks of power. The horns, they speak of power. And, and in the place of Abraham sacrificing his son, Isaac, what did God show him in the thicket? It was a ram. It was a ram. Oh, the power of the sacrifice of Christ, the positional truth that we have that's ours to experience when we come to hear his voice through the trumpet. They were to come forward, the camp. And so God pre had prepared Moses to prepare two trumpets. How long do you think it took him to do that? It's never too late. Never too late. The voice of the enemy to me personally is it's too late for you, Ed. Too many years of failure. Too many years of sin. Too many years of resistance. Too much functioning in the flesh. It's too late. Moses was 80 years old at least. There's hope. We have Christ in us in Colossians 1. In verse 27, God directed him to prepare two silver trumpets. Two in the Bible is very significant too. It means separated unto death and the enemy or separated unto God. This is again John 17, 17. This is what Jesus did in John 17 and verse 19. He set himself apart to his father in John 4 and verse 34 to do the will of the father, fulfilling Psalm 40 verses 7 and 8, and to finish the work which he did 
in John 19.30, but even prior to the cross in John 17 and verse 4, he had already finished the work. He just went there to manifest it in the most incredible way. God directed him to prepare two trumpets of silver of what? Beaten and hammered work. Was not our Savior, Jesus Christ, beaten, spit upon, beard ripped off in Isaiah 50 and verse 6. Beaten so bad, you couldn't, it didn't look like he had a human form in Isaiah 52 and verse 14. Just think of it. We see it again brought out in prophecy, in truth, in Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. He's already fulfilled that for us. He will for Israel. His earthly people. We are his heavenly people. There is a major difference, but all from the same source. There was to be of beaten work. When we see the mercy seat, when we read about the mercy seat, and this is what this is indicative of, and I will read it here in Exodus, the 25th chapter. Here, Exodus 25, verse 17, it says, You will make a mercy seat of pure gold. Our precious Savior was pure. His humanity was impeccable and pure. Of course, his deity without question. You will make a mercy seat of pure gold, two cubits and a half, about the size from the tip of your fingers to your elbow, about 18 inches. Two cubits and a half, the length thereof, and a cubit and a half, the breadth thereof, and you will make two cherubims. You see two? Constant teaching separation unto God to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering like Paul so needed to be chained to that Roman guard, even at his age of at least 67 years of age in Philippians 3 and 9, so he wouldn't be found in his own, un, his own righteousness, meaning even interpreting the things of Christ through his flesh and making the flesh again the issue and not Christ. He said, I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness. I want to know him. This is what the trumpet is, is, is blasting out through the preaching of the word. I want to know him. In the power of his resurrection. Where we're headed. In glory. But passing through suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. There's a deep degree of that. We're going to see this as we continue. But again, this is, we're just, by God's grace, is laying the foundation here. And so in Exodus 25, and it says there, and you will make, you will make two cherubims of gold, of beaten work, Will you make them in the two ends of the mercy seat? Make one cherub on the one end, the other, the other cherub on the other. Of the, make them of the mercy seat. Will you make the cherubims on the two ends thereof? And the cherubims will stretch forth their wings. You see? And what was it here in Exodus 20 in verse 18? It was beaten work. Just like these trumpets. Spell. And teach out what Christ has done in propitiation, substitution, and reconciliation. What he's done for us as Christians and how we need to wake up and just not, we don't have a continuing city here. 
in Hebrews 13 and verse 14? Do our plans, do our thoughts have anything to do with that? How about Colossians 3, 1 to 4? Setting our minds in 3, 2, on things above, not on things of the earth. For we're dead to all that in 1 John 2 and verse 15 and Colossians 3 and verse 3. For Christ, who is our life, when he appears, will appear with him in glory in three and in Colossians 3 and verse 4. He's the eternal life in 1 John 5, 11, whereby we know we have a father in John 17, 2 and 3. And that's how we know. Because of our precious Savior. They were, in Exodus 25, verse 18, they were to be of beaten work. That is mikshah, M-I-K-S-H. A-H, Mikshah. And they would serve for the calling of the assembly and for the breaking up of the camps to go forward. And they were used for this purpose. You want to know what the purpose was in type? Read Ephesians, the first chapter. And we can see it. See it, what that trumpet is teaching you and I today. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 23, going right into the second and third chapter. No wonder, it's all individual at that point, and then it's corporate in the fourth chapter of Ephesians 4, 4 through 6, and bringing out the reality of how to have a family in the fifth chapter, and then in the sixth chapter, spiritual warfare. We need to hear it. And it was used for this purpose, these trumpets. They were used for that specific purpose. And it was a signal for the breaking up of the camp. They were to blow, blow a noise or alarm. This is what he's teaching us this morning. Church, you heavenly people, wake up. <laughs> wake up. Let the light. You see the light where it says that in Ephesians 5, 13 and 14? That's the day dawning. In 2 Peter 1 and verse 19, we have a more certain word of prophecy, a much more certain word. And they were to do it. The first blast came from the east. East always speaks of resurrection. The sun, Jesus Christ, rises in the east. He rises in the east. He'll, he'll set in the west, and that's literally when he's up back on this earth. You know that in Zechariah 14, the 14th chapter, specifically those first four uh, verses when he, and that's where he, Jesus taught his disciples on the Mount of Olives, of Olives, Olivet, the Mount of Olivet. We see that in Matthew, the book of Matthew. They were to do it, blow it from the east, in front of the tabernacle, right in front of us, to break up. Time to go forward. There's a time to rest and receive the word, but as we receive the word, it continues to have us go forward. We don't settle down on this earth. We don't listen to the same music that the, that the earth listens to, the world. We do not do that. We do not do that. We don't do it. So the alarm was to be blown with regard to their breaking up or their marching orders to break up and march, to go forward. This again, we have here no continuing city in Hebrews 13 to 14. But if I take the things of the world, the enemy will give me the things of the world to live in the world. Will I go forward? No. Will I be a true worshiper? 
in Hebrews 13, 15, and in Hebrews chapter, in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24? No. We cannot worship God and mammon. I wish we'd get that one straight. In Matthew 6 and verse 24, you can't serve two masters. Can't do it. Can't worship two. Serve is synonymous with the word worship. It was to be blown, but but to call the congregation together, they were to blow, but not sound an alarm. These are receiving the things of Christ <laughs> that are ours, the growth truths, the positional truths, the experiential truths, the intimacy truths of which we constantly need to have. Listen, that foundation has to constantly be established. Then we build and know how to build on that foundation that Christ, there's prophecy without fear, but we have a reverence and an awe. They weren't to sound an alarm, but the Hebrew word brings it out. They were to blow constantly in, in short, sharp tones. This goes into the imperative in the Greek language. He sounds things to us. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, we are not our own. We have been bought. Silver. We have been redeemed. We have been bought back. We're not our own. Our spirit, soul, and body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 24 and 23. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. And faithful is he that calls us. You hear the call? The trumpet. Who will also do it when we submit. This goes into James 1, 19 to 25 crystal clear. Be more than hearers of the word, hearing the trumpet sound, but allow it to enter in, that Greek word ice, E-I-S, let it penetrate, and when it does, there's your option to receive it. And, and then he'll do the work in you. In Philippians 2.12 and verse 13, and that work will give you the rest of his love. There's no complaining in the rest of his love in Philippians 2 and verse 14. They were to be blown, these trumpets, because it was the holy purpose of God to draw the congregation, us the church today, together like he did with them in the midst of the wilderness after delivering them from Pharaoh, type of Satan, and from Egypt, type of the world. I think it's very interesting, even when you look at Revelations chapter 1 and verse and 2 and 3, those first three chapters, how it talks about the church today. The church is is mired in in and settle down in Asia. It's miry clay. You ever get in clay? You don't go forward. You get stuck. You get stuck. The enemy will use all kinds of things. No teaching. Bad teaching. Worldly things. Again, young people. Worldly things. Old people. Without teaching. And those that do know it. The things of this world. In 1 John 2 and verse 15. These trumpets were used for the holy purpose. Not only the making of them was to be holy. Notice this, as I noticed it very much with you and in strong conviction of his love. But the manner of using them was prescribed by God himself. Again, this is 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. It's got nothing to do with the will of man apart from being submitted to Christ. That again brings in Ephesians 4 and verse 8. 
Those are the men that he gives. Those connected to him. And how? Through a yoke. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Lamentations 3, 27. No question. It was prescribed by God himself. They were to be blown by the priest alone. We are a kingdom of his believer priests. Says that in Revelations 5.10 and 1 Peter 2.9. In, in a greater way than many would at that time, even when Peter was preaching that, would even understand it, and maybe even a little more than himself. And how do I base that on? I base that on 2 Peter 3 and verse 16 and 17. He said those things were hard. What was making them hard? A lack of submission. A lack of coming ready to not only hear, but to submit. Because we know that obedience that's delayed is, is disobedience. We know disobedience is sin, and we know sin that is evil in Psalm 51 and verse 4, and God never tempts us with evil in James 1 and verse 13. Never. Never. They were to be blown by the priests. And they were to be preserved and used by them in all future times according to God's appointments, His timing and His provision. That's the trumpets. Trumpet sound. Now we rest and hear the beauty of who we are in Christ. Oh my God, it's so phenomenal. And then it's time to go forward in our thinking of understanding prophecy. There's time to go forward. We don't settle down on this earth that's, that's, that's entering into and on its way to judgment and a finality of being done away with in 1 John 2 and verse 17 and Revelations the 20th chapter, it started in verse 7 and go to the 15th verse. Then we enter into the eternity of the eternities in Revelations the 21st chapter and the 22nd chapter. This was foundational about these trumpets. We, we will get into this in detail and I'll trust God with you to do so. So the blast of these trumpets was to call Israel to remembrance before Yahweh in a time of war. Israel, us today as his heavenly people. And on their feast days, and that spoke of a depth of fellowship and learning about who we are in Christ, and it goes into those feasts. You look at Leviticus starting in the, in the first chapter and go through to the 23rd chapter. And bringing out all those beautiful types. Verse 9. If you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, you will blow the trumpets. You will bring yourselves to remembrance before Yahweh. This is, their, this is every person, and I hate to see some of those precious women and children tortured, those that were killed, but those that are tortured and led captive by this by the evil terrorist, under the, under the evil one, Satan, who was a murderer from the beginning in John 8 and verse 44. My heart goes out to them. But I still trust God somehow, some way, according to his word, it's their opportunity to receive him if they haven't. That the call to remember Yahweh and you'll be delivered by him from your enemies. To come into war or to go to war is distinguished 
by the, these trumpet sounds to make ready for war and to go out to battle. Listen, we need to be made ready for war. The enemy coming against us. That's why it's so important that when we come to hear the word of God, we don't come to be prepared. We're prepared and disciplined in God's order, his preciseness, to do it. We don't prepare when we get there. We do not. Pastors, we don't prepare. Get them all together and then, okay, now let's everyone. No, we teach them to be prepared before they come. Yes, that is God's order. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, God is not the author of confusion. All the voices and all the things that were going on before we even gather together. There's an order. There's a preciseness in it. Listen, is everything we're reading this morning extremely precise? Is there order involved in it? Should it be any different for us, his heavenly people on this earth? What is wrong with order? What is wrong with God's timing and provision? Nothing. Nothing. You're to make ready for war. Building on our foundation, who we are in Christ. And then you go out to battle. You will see this in Numbers, the 21st chapter. And you will see this, I know that Numbers uh, 31, 21. And you'll see it in Numbers 32 and verse 6. Here's verse 10. And on your joyous day, those feast days, and your feast and new moons, you will blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings. Pitiation. Numbers, uh, Genesis 22 and verse 8. And your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial, a memorial, a remembrance, listen, before your God. That's something that God has done in each of us as individuals. That's already done, but do we know it? If we don't come, do we know it? When God calls us to assemble ourselves, again, that's Ephesians and Colossians. That's, that's 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in those 28 verses and on through. There's where we get those things. We don't stay home when we don't have to. Many, many do, and he'll meet them right where they're at. He's faithful. There's no question about that. And only he knows that. And that's between the individual and Christ himself. I'm there to do it. That they may be to you for a memorial for your God. Is there any more important day for this truth than today where we are in, in church history? And we are a part of church history, by the way. That's who you and I are right now. Of church history. And where to do it. Come and hear it. Don't neglect it. No, don't do it. Come and see the joy that we have because of the sacrifice that Christ is. We'll get into this in a deeper way, in a more explicit way. I trust God with you. But the fact of the matter is, those trumpets, they were silver. They were the voice of God. They were the voice of God. Can you hear it today with me? 
Revelations chapter 2, 7, 11, 17, and 29. Revelations 3, 6, 13, and 22. If there was ever a time when we need to wake up and hear his voice, seven times he's speaking to the church. That's the fullness of the Holy Spirit taking the things of Christ. That's Jesus knocking on the door of our will. In Revelation 3 and verse 20, if there was ever a day, and when we open it, what is the voice? What is the sound? It's a joyful sound. Because in his presence, there's the fullness of joy. And we see at his right hand are pleasures evermore in Psalm 16 11, And that is Christ himself and who he is to you and I. He's that to God. The joy of the Father. Through Christ, we experience it. That's that again. Romans 8, 15 and 16, and Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and John 20, 17. We have a Father because of Jesus. We have Him. And it's a joyful sound. Oh, there was joy in the presence of the angels, it says, in Luke 15, 7 and 10. Why? Because the prodigal returned to his father. And there was joy in the presence of the angels. Oh, how God gets joy when we get back to his precious son so he can love us as a loving father. We need to hear the joyful sound. Not the many voices in 1 Corinthians 14, 6 through 12. Not the many bad teachings, no teachings, evil. No. There were two trumpets, two of them. There were two trumpets. And God speaks through two, two trumpets. And I say this in love to the hyper-dispensationalists or the ultra-dispensationalists. I say this, that every word of God is pure, is inspired of God in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And those two trumpets in type, as many have said long before I ever said it, is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament that divide and separate us unto him. That's why the types are necessary still for us as the church in Romans 15 and verse 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 and 11. We hear that sound. He still speaks. And God, listen. Oh God, and I'm listening with you. He's still speaking to, to his earthly people, the Israelites right now. He's still speaking. What more do they need? How hard is their will? And how much does God have to break it? And the same with us, oh God forbid, his, his heavenly people that are finished already in Christ. But he still speaks to his people. And he does so by Christ. And when his call is heard, there's salvation, there's deliverance, there's joy. There's joy. There were trumpets of silver. And when we hear that sound as his church today, it's a precious tone. It's a sweet tone. Nothing like his voice. Read Song of Solomon. That was just a type. Don't fix on the type. That is Christ himself. You hear the, the bride there, hearing the bridegroom's voice. And what does she hear? And what do we hear? What Christ has accomplished. In Song of Solomon 4 and verse 7, You're all fair, my love. 
There's no spot in you. Israel will reveal that. We have it now in Christ. In Song of Solomon 7 and verse 10, I am my beloved's. <laughs> oh, we do so good when we're his. We don't do any better in Hebrews 1, 3, and 4. We can't do any better because we have God's best. I am my beloved's and his desire. Not mine, not fleshly. His desire is towards me. That's what the trumpets teach. It's a precious sound. Why? Has to do with the sacrificial blood of Christ shed in 1 Peter 1 and verse 19. And there's a tremendous unity in the whole preponderance of the scriptures. There is. And he wants to make us trumpeters, preachers and teachers of Christ, where there's no mixing of self, no dross on the silver, none in Isaiah 1 and verse 22. And Father, we just thank you this morning. There's so much here for us to glean from. So much, God. Thank you for what we have in Christ and what you're leading Israel to. Your voice is still calling out to them. And Father, we just pray, and I'm praying for them, many to have that peace right now. And not only in Ukraine, but all over the world, those that are outside of Christ, but especially at this particular time in Israel. Oh, Father, many to be led to salvation. They don't have to wait for Moshiach to come back. He already has. And thank you, Father, we have the privilege to wait on you. And that wait means to serve. That, that wait means the highest form of worship, truthfully, and I heard this years ago, and it's true. The highest form of worship is receiving the word of Christ, the word of God and not considering it to be the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God that will work effectually in us. In 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, thank you that we have this privilege, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if there's time for anyone, you, uh, you can unmute. And uh... has anything that's on their hearts to share about what God has given us this morning? I just, I when I was listening to it and with the trumpets and I was just thinking about <clears throat> timing and the provision of God in a, in a time and a place, you know, it just, it was really, it was really clear, you know, and the privilege, that was what I thought, like the opportunity, you know, it's incredible. Well, listen, listen. The opportunity is the privilege. The privilege is the opportunity. It is. It is. It is. It's amazing. Yeah, thank you. You know, thank God. Thank you. Just for sharing Numbers 10. That was just awesome. We are scratching the surface. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. But it was an awesome portion that God gave us, that's for sure. But it's, yeah. he has much more, Romans 5.20 for us. So that grace in us might reign unto righteousness in 5.21. True. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hmm. You think you could call me later so we could talk privately? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
it's good. It's all good. It's just, you know, talk privately. Yes, sir. Love to. Anyone else? Anyone have anything? No. Huh. Well, I can tell you, the enemy this morning. That's what. That's what I can tell you. Can you tell <laughs> who's? Can you tell who's on? Yeah. I, I don't know. There is Gene Wagner. Um, there's another iPhone, which I'm not sure, maybe Barbara or Luke or Steve. There was another phone on here, but they, they, they left. I saw, I saw all kinds of names. Like, I don't know. Can you all see and hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Luke, do you have anything? So my wife took uh, my mother-in-law and Tim and uh, Mariah to the airport this morning. So I was with the kids making breakfast. So I'm listening. I had a lot of distractions, but I was just thinking the difference. Like this is personal with me, right? It used to be my experience in receiving the word was just so different. You know, it's almost like hard to even explain but the level of comfort I get just from hearing the word and yeah. I don't have anything specific with that this morning. I'm just comforted. Thank you know, we, you talk of prophecy, you talk about the end times. Like that's just one of the most comforting things for me is to know that I'm in God's plan and he's in total control. And it was just a beautiful reminder of that for me today. Well, I'll tell you, I tell you, I thought of you, Yesterday and the day before, I thought of you and I told you at your wedding, and I want to. I'm going to say it now again. Boy, he is raising you up. Yeah, he is raising you up as the pastor teacher, mm. the trumpet Christ. I'm telling you, and yeah. and Stephen, the two of you. I just. So heavy in a great way on my heart this morning. Yeah. Father, keep us each of us individually close to you. And don't let the enemy try to in to his subtlety in any way, experientially, with any thought to separate us from each other. Mm. And Father, bless this time and bless, uh, and you are blessing what you're doing in Burleson and in, in here. And this year, what you desire to do in a way that we can't even fit. But in these last days, and we pray for Israel. We do pray for Ukraine, and we have been, but for all those precious people, and Russians, and you know who they are. But we pray for the Jewish people in Israel, that they would turn to Shuva, completely turn to you, and realize that Yom Kippur, has been dealt with in Jesus Day of Atonement. Affiliation, their substitute that they missed. I just pray for them. And I pray and for redeeming the time and protect us from the enemy. Thank you, Father, for this precious time. 
with these precious men and women of God. Thank you, Father. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.